Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Starting out for our first podcast, we're going to recap the newest season of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. T. And I'm Dr. P. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Psych and Reality. So this week's episode was actually really short. Um, but it did feel short. Yeah. It, let's, it did. Let's just jump on in and, and, and talk about these couples. So um, we'll start off this week with Devin and Jihoon, and they are in South Korea, and this is after they've had sort of the blow up with them um, all getting sort of frustrated about sort of Drusilla and um, Jihoon feeling like he wasn't, you know, being a man and being a father and, and really stepping up to be responsible. Um, and this week, they are trying to start off on a happier note. It's Taehyun's uh, 100th day party so he it's been a hundred days since uh his birth and mm-hmm. uh, apparently that's a tradition in south korea because many um years ago infants didn't you know live past 100 days and so they make it a, a big day um so jihoon takes devin to go to his mom's house to go cook with her and spend some time before the party um together and I think they're both a little nervous for various reasons, given <laughs> the blow up from the previous week. But Jihoon was mentioning that, you know, his mom was sort of sad about how they had treated him. But he, you know, had a conversation with her and basically was like, you know, he's OK. And, and trying to sort of ease her, her frustrations around that. Um, and so they get to the house and Devin is cooking with his mom. She's teaching um, him, teaching her how to cook some traditional Korean food and, um, you know, instructing her to like cut things a certain way. And um, Devin was yes. like, it's, it's food. Like, why does it have to be, you know, cut, cut, you know, so perfectly or whatever, which I thought was a nice mix of like some humor in there because it was a little bit awkward. I think people were on eggshells for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also his mom or Devin feels like his mom doesn't really like her as much. And so she was sort of unsure about those interactions, but I thought, you know, they were they were okay trying to spend some time together. Um, but mm-hmm. I think they both sort of went back and forth a little bit uh, with each other about, you know, with some comments. Um, but I think what struck me odd in, as they were sort of preparing their food was that we had discussions about this translator and it's not the most reliable. I think it sometimes. I'm <laughs> so glad you have brought this up. I did not understand why they were still using this translator app. I feel like it causes more problems than it is helpful with mm-hmm. the communication piece. But his mom was basically telling Devin that, you know, it's going to be a lot of people at the party, you know, just sort of be nice and say hello and thank you if, if people, you know, you know, congratulate you or whatever. And I don't know if this was a communication breakdown or if she was really just telling Devin that, you know, don't really say as much and sort of just be present. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Devin was like, so you want me to just basically not talk <laughs> at the party and just like shake my head, you know, hello to people. So I don't know what you think about that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just feel at this point, if they're using that translator app, knowing that it doesn't translate that well, and if they start to have feelings getting upset with each other, they might just think, well, you know, before I get mad, could it potentially be a miscommunication? You know, right. I would just like them to actively do that first. Also, can they do Google Translate? Or something else besides that. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but so like after that, they they went to the party, and you know everyone really had a good time, and they were getting mm -hmm. along, and which I think was really nice to see, given all of the ups and downs that they've had, you know, since she arrived in South Korea. And I think one of the most pleasant parts of that for me was when um, Ji Hoon brought Drusilla over to his grandmother, who's his dad's mom and was basically saying, you know, do you accept her as sort of one of your grandchildren, given, I mm. guess there are some cultural things in South Korea where it's, um, it's not looked upon nicely if you, you know, come into a marriage or relationship with the previous child. Um, and so the grandmother was basically like, you know, she accepts her um, into the family, which I thought was really nice. And I thought that mm. might also set the stage for um, Devin and Ji-hoon to really sort of work on their relationship and, and really not have to worry about sort of the family dynamics about that acceptance piece and just deal with mm -hmm. them and, and their, you know, challenges that we know they have to sort of address. Uh, but overall, I, I thought the, the party turned out great and really for both families had an opportunity to sort of get to know each other. And, um, and even his aunt was like, sort of, she was nervous about Devin at first, but she felt like she fit nice into the family. So I thought that was a nice mm -hmm. comment that she made. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting that, uh, you know, this was one episode and I noticed it as well that Devin doesn't smile that much and she was smiling a lot and, and it felt very genuine. Like, mm -hmm. you know, she was trying to be pleasing to the family and, and, uh, Ji Hoon's mom liked it and she noticed it. She was like, look, the girl is finally smiling now. She put a smile on her face, you know? <laughs> so I'm wondering if maybe, or at least I'm hoping that given it seems like Jihoon's family at large has accepted Devin, that her mother-in-law will be more welcoming towards her. We'll see that as, you know, being positive and a positive step for them to yeah. connect more. And I'm wondering though, if like this lack of smiling is because she is so like frustrated with Jihoon all the time. And I can see that it might be difficult for you to like, walk around, you know, pretending, so to speak, to be happy when you're, when all of this other stuff is, is going on in the back of your mind. Um, and so maybe, I don't know, that's just sort of something that I think about in terms of like, does that weight of all of these decisions that she's sort of dealing with and navigating really forcing her to like, not really enjoy the moment. And I think for that time period, at least at the party, she had made a decision that she was going to like, not focus so much on those and just sort of enjoy, you know, being there. Yeah, yeah, and it was not even her mother got in on the act mm -hmm. and decided. You know, she started. She started by being negative. Oh, I can't stop picturing Ji Hoon being irresponsible, whatever. But she also got into it by, okay, this is Taeyong's day, and let's make this a nice day for him. Right, I did like that because mm -hmm. she can cause a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the next couple, uh, Brittany and Yazan. Brittany and Yazan. Couple. Yes, one of my favorite couples. 
And guess what this couple did, which is what they do best. They had another fight. Really? I'm so surprised. <laughs> and at Sarcastic. first, when they, when, when they started talking, I had to go back and listen a couple of times because I thought that they were just talking about the fight that we had seen that they had the before. But no, episode. this was another. It's like day three. <laughs> I think total Brittany being there. Like, I don't think she's even been there five days. And every day there's been some major argument. But they had another one. They're, they're in this cafe and smoking a hookah and looks really cool, like a nice date. They look cute together. But so I guess the night before, um, Yazan's family had, according to Brittany, started some mess because a while back ago, Brittany tagged Yazan on her social media. His family saw it. And then when they saw it, they went and did a little bit of investigation. Well, what's on Britney's social media? And they found a lot of things that they didn't appreciate, including what they felt was a naked picture of Britney. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out it wasn't a naked picture. Um, it was a great picture of <laughs> Miss Britney in a bikini. It was a very sexy swimsuit. <laughs> yes, it was a very sexy swimsuit. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but the thing that got me was, okay, Yazan knows about Britney's social media. He knows what's on there. He knows her pictures, what they, what they look like, all of that. So I'm just wondering how this could be a shock or surprise. Why would he get upset now? Right? You right. know, I understand that maybe now his family's upset, but wouldn't they have realized at some point that his family members or a friend, given how much she has posted out there, that they would have seen something? So to yeah. me, you know, I just... But that's the, I, I think, you know, the piece for me that I go back and forth a lot with Yazan is that he, um, he puts, I think he puts on the show. And I, I don't mm. discount at all that he has a strong cultural uh, foundation but I think mm -hmm. that he's a little bit more uh, maybe liberal than his parents and mm -hmm. that he tries to make sure that he's much more conservative when he's around them. And so I was like speculating that, you know, he obviously knew about the photo, but he sounds like wanted her to like delete this maybe page or even just the photo, I don't know, but that may have also played into some of his frustrations. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, he, he goes back and forth, like, because he knows who Brittany is and sort of what she does. And I'm sure that's part of what attracted um, him to her. Mm -hmm. And then he also had, he gets torn because he wants to, you know, adhere to his culture. But that's on him. So I just don't get why he's, he's putting that and allowing that to, to be a part of his relationship and functioning as a part of his relationship. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting that Brittany was pretty, pretty strong in saying that she wasn't going to change her social media for his family. She's going to be who she is. But yet, I don't know, for me, it still felt a little bit in conflict because at the same time, at least last week, we're having conversations about her potentially converting to becoming Muslim. Which we know her, she's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can do that at the same time while you got out there right now. You know, not that anything's wrong with it. It just doesn't seem that it's compatible. Right. And, then, uh, and, and her being more modest too. So I, 
I had this moment where I was thinking that, you know, maybe we're being frauded a little bit. Maybe, maybe Brittany really has no intention of actually marrying Yazan, unless Yazan gives up his entire family and his culture, which I don't think he's going to do. Yeah. And I don't think she, I can't possibly think that she realistically believes he's going to do that. So I almost feel like this is a show now. Mm. I mean, it's possible. I think, you know, one thing that I was thinking about specifically from this episode, but that I've also said before in regards to them being intimate and, and having sex is that he has these, like his family and culture has these views about not, you know, engaging in sex before marriage. Um, and I, I, I think I said this before that I think they've already had sex. And what confirmed it for me was this episode when she was like, come on over and, and stay the night. He's like, no, I can't. And she's like, yes, Yazan is still a virgin. <laughs> I'm like, that's and they're nice, smirking that's the nice, whole time. Yeah, right. That's nice for the camera. But I think they're just, you know, pretending for his family. But and they obviously, you know, they know what happened between them. And I just think like that's already happened. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they are just doing this just because um, and they there is no real intention of trying to like make it work. But if they are going to make it work, they have a lot of stuff, you know, to work through. And I just I don't know if they're going to, you know, make it or not. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I really, I've, I've thought about this because I, I think about 90 Day Fiance a lot. So I thought about this and I just can't see this working out or, or being resolved. Again, unless he separates from his family and I don't believe that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, nor do I think necessarily it should happen. So, but that's where they are. I fully expect that next week there will be another fight you know, it'd be day six of fighting. Um, and we'll see kind of where that goes from there. Probably. I mean, she even said in the episode, you know, what's a relationship without love? Without crazy? And I'm like, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I mean, <laughs> obviously people are going to have disagreements and arguments in a relationship, but the way that you're having that amount of crazy, I think is yeah. unhealthy. So. Yeah. It's not to this level. Yeah. A little excitement uh, is good, but this is a bit much. It's a lot, so we'll, we'll have to see how things turn out, and, and yeah. we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to them, you know, when we get yeah. to the to the page turner. Oh, yes. Um, so, <laughs> but for now, how about we jump to Tim and Melissa? Let's head to Columbia. Yeah, let's go over to Columbia, and let's talk about them. So the last episode we left off on, Tim had, Tim and Melissa had met with her dad and really basically told him, told her dad about the infidelity. And so mm -hmm. they were sort of following up on that and, and really, again, trying to move forward as a couple. And so in this episode, uh, Tim was deciding to explore Columbia solo. And um, so he, he left um, Lisa, um and went out on, on the town. And so we see him going out and he orders a taxi. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, his, his Spanish is, is fairly, fairly good. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, in terms of being fluent enough to communicate. Um, but he gets outside and there's a motorcycle taxi that pulls up. And he's like, uh, I don't know about this. And so I, was, I laughed to myself when I saw the episode because I was like, okay, I don't know how much of him like not wanting to get on the taxi. The motorcycle specifically was because of safety concerns as he was mentioning. <laughs> like, I don't know if I trust that, which that's a valid reason. 
Um, <laughs> or if it was more of like the masculinity part of our, do I really want to get in the back of this motorcycle? Like, oh, this little guy. I, I thought it was that. <laughs> <laughs> So he ended up calling a, a, a taxi and he got a car that took him, you know, to where he needed to go and comes to find out he went to this temp agency. And so he's trying to find out about employment in Colombia so that he can show, you know, Melissa that he, he's really serious about, you know, moving there and, you know, committing to their relationship. But in the clip, which was really brief, basically he sits down with, with the, the person interviewing him and asking him questions about, you know, why he's in Colombia. Know, asking him to describe himself in three words and um, he has some difficulties with that mm. and so um, I think in his mind he may have been focused on like the negativity about sort of all of these mistakes that he's met, made and so those were the words that were probably popping into his head but it did come up with this idea about teamwork which I think is you know he wanted to identify words that he said could um, basically look good you know for an employer so that they might want to hire him um, but ultimately, she basically told him that, you know, you need a work permit in Colombia, which he does not have. Um, and she also brought up the, the fact about, you know, maybe the best way to, to work is that if you get married, and that might ease that. And obviously, they have a long ways to go before they, you know, you know talk about that, uh, specifically because I think Melisa is still sort of on the fence about being able to trust him. But here's my question. The show was called 90 Day Fiance. How have they not talked about getting married if they're on this show? Like, I'm, I'm really starting to kind of, this is suspect to me. Like, why? And I get it's the other way, but typically all the couples have some intention to marry each other or to right. be, or they're engaged or to be engaged. So I'm and just I think, really I think confused. That I think that that intention sounds like that intention was there. I think again, like we've sort of been talking about is that he has a lot of issues to move past and be honest about, you know, the infidelity so that she can be able to feel like she trusts him again. And so I think that's going to be the piece that's going to be a challenge for them to really be able to, to get past. And I think we found out last week, you know, she's sort of, I felt like she was torn in that she wants to like have that support of her parents, but she also wants to be independent and make her own decisions about who she decides to be in a relationship with. And so I don't know if she's quite made a decision about like, is she really ready to only just focus on what's important to her and not have her parents like weigh in on that decision making. And so, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I assume that there's some intention for that, but I think they have a they have a lot of stuff to work through to be able to get to that place. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think as we've gotten into the season, a lot of couples for me are just like I'm more on the fence about them than I was earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And one thing that stuck out for me with with this part, and it was really a short scene, but um. The fact that he doesn't recognize that you need to have a work visa to work in many countries and that he kind of had this, he made a statement which just felt very arrogant to me about how, well, he's American and he thought basically that that would kind of be enough, that he's American. <laughs> Why wouldn't they want to hire him? So arrogant. Right. Well, we'll, no, see, what, we'll see what happens, but... Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's not able to work right now, so that 
um, that trip to the tip agency didn't work out as, as he had planned for it to work. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens on the next episode. All right. So let's talk about uh, Ariella and Binium. Uh, there were a lot of tears this week, mm-hmm. all coming from Ariella. Her mama, it's time for mom to go. So uh, it's, what's interesting is mom is coming back, apparently, with Ariella's father in a few weeks after the baby's born. So they'll be back and be back relatively soon. Um, it was nice to see kind of the mom wrap things up and she seems a little bit uh, more satisfied with what the medical conditions are going to be for Ariella having the baby. Mm -hmm. She also was complimentary towards Biniam as far as acknowledging that he really does care about her, but she still has her concerns about, you know, how much money are they going to be able to make? You know, where are they going to live more long term? Um, They, as soon as she tearfully hugs her mother goodbye, and you could see her just kind of clinging onto her. But as soon as her mom was gone, it reality hit yeah. for Ariella. And it was that, okay, now I am here alone with this man who's the father of my child, who I haven't seen for however, four months, three or four months. And now we're alone together, so we need to get to know each other. I'm certain that hormones are playing a role in this. She's also sad about her mom leaving. Um, And so the two of them have a little chat in a park. And Ariella, you could tell it was hard for her to say something that he could perceive as negative. And again, this couple is really conscious of each other's feelings. Mm -hmm. By, By far, they're very careful and not wanting to hurt each other or make the other person upset. But she was really struggling and she was crying and saying that she's not happy about being alone with him, which that is a lot to take. Um, she's worried about their communication, which Biniam acknowledges that too, that, you know, he has limited English, um, but he says he's going to work on it. He just keeps trying to comfort her and letting her know that I love you. And then he also repeatedly says, but please don't take the baby with you. Don't Mm -hmm. leave. So you can tell that he's worried about it. Um, Yeah. And the way that it ends with them is we see her just, you know, tearful and feeling a little bit hopeless about her current situation. Whereas Biniam was a bit more hopeful and wanting to just say, let's work through it. Let's just be patient. Um, So time will tell with these two. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I did see a lot of like good qualities in them Mm -hmm. in terms of like their relationship. Like he was really there to comfort her when she was, you know, tearful about her mom's leaving and, you know, also making sure that he was letting her know that, you know, he's also going to be her best friend and and, like they can, Mm -hmm. you know, have that time together. So I think all of those go really well for good relationships. But I, I do think like the language thing is something that they're going to have to overcome. I obviously knew that there are some differences with languages, but I didn't know the extent in terms of like how how limited it was in terms of, you, you know, she mentioned it's hard sometimes to talk with him because he only knows like three words or three different emotion words or whatever. And um, I think, you know, a lot of emotions that she may have wanted to use to sort of describe herself may not, you know, 
have been captured by sadness, which yeah, I yeah. think he, he sort of got that for her. But clearly there's a lot more going on, you know, for her in her head and sort of thinking about you know everything to deal with. But I do think that they clearly love each other. They're trying to like support each other and, and think about each other's, you know, perspectives and, and their feelings. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I do think that, you know, the challenge is going to be like, can they reconnect? Like they haven't had a lot of time together. And obviously like her, one of her concerns is like, you know, making sure the baby is healthy. So you have to manage your own stress um, during yeah. that time period. But um, it's tough when you, you don't have, when your relationship is long distance and you're, you know, whatever you're doing to sort of maintain that, but physically being present with someone, it's much different, you know, mm -hmm. and so it will be interesting to see how they overcome that um, and how, you know, she is able to continue to adjust once her parents come back, because I think she might sort of spiral back, so to speak, into some of these emotions. And, you know, her mom was like, you know, don't feel bad if you get worried, you call me and I'm going to send you a plane yeah. ticket in. I think that just sort of opens up opportunities for her to be like, I'm really, you know, homesick and I miss my family and my friends and I don't have the, you know, the all of the amenities that I would like here. And so I think I'm just going to leave and, and I think that might be something that might pull on her heart a little bit because she does love him and doesn't want to like feel like she's abandoning him and, and taking the kid away like, like his ex-wife did. Um, so it's a lot to deal with, but I, I do see that, you know, as you said, that they do have a lot of good aspects in terms of making that relationship work. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, one of the things that she mentioned was that she didn't have any friends there. Like it was just, you know, her and Biniam. And, you know, when you, with Ethiopian culture and families, when you bring someone in, especially somebody is now having by child, whether or not they're married, that person becomes like a part of the family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's oftentimes why I, I know in my own family, we wouldn't talk about dating because like you become so invested in a person that you're just dating somebody. Why we got to talk about them? Like, why, why do we have to invest any energy? <laughs> because, because we really care about the person. So what I'm hoping will happen is that she connects more with his family yeah. and starts to, to become closer to his sisters. And, and maybe that will start to change your sense of support where it's not just uh based on binium only yeah that's a good point i hope i hope we'll see what happens there's there's still some hope for them yes there, yes there is it's not like Brittany and <laughs> so let's get to the last couple for this week uh, which is kenneth and armando and this might be one of the episodes, another one of the episodes, I think, where it wasn't like one of those like tearjerkers, at least mm -hmm. for me, um, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, Kenneth's daughters are still in town visiting. And so they show them um, all going out to dinner at this authentic uh, Mexican restaurant to grab some food. And, you know, I think Armando was a little nervous about taking Kenneth um, to the restaurant because he knows that he's very, you know, particular about cleanliness and a whole number of other things, but they get things like, is this clean enough for you? And he's like, it looks okay <laughs> right now. But then they sit down and uh, order the food and uh, the food comes. And then he, he has a couple of, um, I've been, I've wanted to avoid using the word complaint, but I can only use that word right now. So he begins to have a list of complaints. Uh, one, he didn't like guacamole. And so he wanted that to Who doesn't be like guacamole? 
That's in my notes. I had the same question. I was like, who doesn't like guacamole? I had the exact same thing written down. Um, But so they got, they got him, you know, some tacos without guacamole on it. And then he has to go to the, to the restroom and Lo and behold, the toilet doesn't flush by itself. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, Amanda, I need you to come here. Like, look at this. What is this? Basically. And so Amanda shows him how to like flush the toilet. But then he's like, you know, you're stepping in urine. And like, he has to like, apparently he feels like he needs to like throw away his shoes now. Because I'm like, uh, it was you realize what you walk in like every day. But that's a whole nother question. Um, and so they end up getting past that. And they sit down to eat and, you know, someone walks by and makes a derogatory um, term related to homosexuals at the restaurant. And, you know, Kenneth, I don't think really heard what was said, but Armando tells him, you know, what, what the guy said and both Kenneth and his daughters were like upset and wanted to like confront the guy. And Armando's like, you know, calm down. Like, what are you gonna do? Get into like a fight? with these people here. Um, And I thought that that, you know, obviously we've talked about how Armando has some concerns about, you know, public displays of affection and and things like that and and, and being harmed because of of his sexuality. Um, And so that was like an example for us as an audience, but also for, you know, like Kenneth's daughters to see like, you know, you you have to be careful uh, because it it may not be as safe, at least in, in the city where they're living. Um, in terms of those behaviors. Um, and so I think for me, it's just like, you know, how much of, of, of those types of incidents or potential for those incidents are gonna make it difficult for Armando to, to be, you know, more open, you know, as he was beginning to come in terms of like being affectionate in public. Um, and I think for Kenneth to realize that he has to, like, he's also gonna have to do some changes and shifts in his own like attitudes about it um you know for their for both of their safety yeah yeah i i I was wondering about that part of i i understand kenneth's response you know especially like okay my loved one is upset you know this shouldn't be happening when I'm, i'm just trying to eat we're just here having a meal but there is that safety component of just not, you know, he doesn't know where he lives. He doesn't know all the, they don't know all the folks that are around there that can protect them or people who have their backs. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how they negotiate together their level of outness as a couple Mm -hmm. because of this too. Um, And I think, you know, it's sad because sad for many reasons and also because it's it's a hard choice right you want to be able to say this is you know this is me this is my life this is my skin this is who I love I you know I should not have to be subjected to homophobia or discrimination and at the same time you want to be able to say something about it but you just don't know what the consequence is too Mm -hmm. and the consequence on your loved one the consequence on your family you know, so it's such a, a a tough struggle to be with. And I also wonder if some of this might also be regressive for Kenneth, mm-hmm. that he has dealt with this before. He has had that at his, as his life, and he's in a different space now. So I just wonder how they're going to meet up with, 
just their level of how long each have been out and how they respond to this. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, we'll have to see how this goes. But I think, again, like they are also one of the couples that I think are really, um, they work on being there for each other and really sort of compromising a lot. So I think that that, again, provides them a good, a good chance of, of making it. Um, but I think that is definitely one of the tough aspects for them. And, and then just Kenneth adjusted from a cultural perspective to living in Mexico. I think he, he still has some, uh, he still has to get out of vacation mode. <laughs> yeah, he's a little too uptight. Yeah, he needs to stop. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. So Dr. Page. Yes, Dr. Turner. It's that time in the show. Yep, it's time for the Page Turner where we share what we're most looking forward to in next week's episode. Well, let's get into the page turner. All right. Page so what are you looking forward to next week, Dr. Page? Okay. What I'm looking forward to, and also I'm slightly scared, is uh, what's going to happen between Ariella and Biniam. So it looks like Ariella has had it. And again, let us be reminded, she's hella pregnant too at the same time. <laughs> And she, we see her upset, upset towards Biniam, and then he tells her to shut up, which now I'm going to be like, oh, I might not like Biniam now. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like something turned. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about what that is. I'm hoping he didn't really tell her to shut up and that TLC is kind of tricking us. So yeah. I'm holding out for that. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what might happen. Yeah, I, next week, the previews had a lot. So mm -hmm. I think that was sort of all over the place about what I'm looking forward to next week. But I think for me, I am curious about uh, what's going to happen with Kenneth and Armando. And so yeah. they're supposed to like meet the family. And so I know Kenneth has talked about, you know, this idea about letting Armando's parents know that they are engaged. And so like, are, are they going to do that? Or are they still going to sort of put pause Know, on that conversation um but just sort of to see how his parents may respond you know mm. welcome him there um and i'm really curious about if the dad is even going to like be present because i know he's still yeah. you know he's still trying to adjust you know to to seeing amando differently um so that's what i'm looking forward to next week Nice. You know what else is happening next week? I think it's going to be a really good episode because it's the mid-season finale, which I can't believe we've gone as far as we've gone so far. This is our 10th, 12th episode, I think, it's that we've had. Episode, yeah. Yeah. We've so come a long way. Come a very long way. And maybe that's why they've, like, production has, like, put all of this excitement into that episode <laughs> because it is the mid-season finale um yeah. but i think we're gonna I, have a lot of cliffhangers yeah no there i think i had written down at least four couples that i wanted to like okay i might be interested in this so i think it's going to be a lot of things um next week that we have to look forward to so i'm excited me too see y'all have a good one thank you for listening to psych in reality with dr t and dr p give us your thoughts was it good for you what other shows would you like to see us recap? Be sure to like us on Facebook and also share the episodes. Thanks for joining us and join us next time on Psyching Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.